A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Pool Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D., the dead pool hitter. Today's special guest is Mr. Eric Albright. Eric has been playing in the NFBC since 2005. He's one of the original NFBC OGs. And we had a nice lengthy discussion. We talked about draft champions, main event, and we talked about the cut line format, which doesn't get a lot of publicity in the fantasy universe. But... Eric finished three teams in the top 13 overall in that format last year. He's won four main events now in his career. And extremely good fantasy baseball player in all different formats too. So he has a lot of different angles that he comes from in player evaluation and roster construction. So uh, it's a nice nice little breakdown of, of how to approach Three specific different formats. We talk about the Champions League to start off. It's the NFBC format that's um, new to this year. Thanks to Toby Baffled Crazy. If you haven't signed up yet and if you're thinking about it, hit me up on Twitter or hit up at Baffled Crazy. Toby will be able to answer some questions about it. It's basically testing your medal in three different formats, taking an overall score from those three formats out of everyone who's playing those formats and coming up with a top 15 who next year in 2025 will be playing in this Champions League. And it's really fantastic. Um, you can check out Toby's tweets or in the show notes for the podcast. I have the rules for the Champions League, or you can check it out on the NFBC website itself, but don't hesitate to ask us any questions. We have over 70 participants right now, and the overall prize is already over $10,000 for first place, and the pot itself is sitting about $18,000. So the more we grow this format, it's uh, going to be really good for not only the NFBC, but fantasy baseball itself. So um, make sure you keep your keep your mind on that format to make it as popular as we can. We thought off talking about some player news, some recent transaction, Vaughn Grissom, Chris Sale, Frankie Montas, and the San Diego Padres just racking up international 
relief arms and their value that could possibly have in fantasy. And then we break down draft champions, roster constructions, uh, batter pitcher splits, looking back at Eric's team from 2023, what went wrong, what went right on his team. And again, just breaking down the cut line format and how it works, what's the strategy behind it, how to operate a, a lead that only has two fab periods. And then we ended off with some player ADP battles um, that I think you'll enjoy. So um, hope everyone is gearing up their fantasy preparation for the 2024 season. If you want to come check out the Pull Hitter Patreon, if you have not done that yet, Pull Hitter um, in the search bar on Patreon.com, Pull Hitter Fantasy Baseball, take you right to it. You get a seven-day free trial to check out my my site and everything that I'm doing over there. I'm doing player breakdowns, deep player breakdowns, um, trying to uncover every nook and cranny in those deep player dies. I recap my draft champions teams that I'm drafting currently and going through um, 1 through 50, round 1 through 50. So I'm doing mini player breakdowns in there as well, going through the players I'm drafting early and late. And have several different tiers right now to join up. And I'm reshuffling the tiers and repricing. So listen for that very shortly soon. But if you want to come in in now before um, everything changes, come check it out. And again, you get access to the Discord once you sign up for the Patreon. And it's worth the money alone in just the Discord. The amount of knowledge that's getting kicked out from NFBC regulars, analysts who cover the sport. The, this, this hobby um, that we have, really awesome. So it's truly invaluable. We have different threads, different channels to talk on, um, different subjects, gladiators, draft champions. We just concluded a draft that we did collectively as a whole, uh, in which we voted for every round pick, draft and hold. So, so much information in there. It's honestly, and stuff you won't find on Twitter or on, on um, websites, you know? Everything, everything you need, go come check it out. We'll be there, and I look forward to seeing you. Thanks for everyone for listening to another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. Here is Eric Albright. Welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast, your destination for actionable fantasy resources. I'm Rob DiPietro, the Dead Pull Hitter. I got a special guest tonight. Met Eric Albright down in New York first last year, and then we spent some time in Vegas hanging out, drafting against one another, and just living a great life, getting to know all these fantasy baseball players, people who share my view on, on this crazy hobby. So Eric is a an uh, OG NFBC, or I think you've been involved since 2005 or 2004, if I'm not wrong. Miss definitely fix me on that. But uh, Eric, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for joining. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it, Rob. Uh, pleasure being here. As you know, I'm a big fan of your uh, of your stuff and uh, what you put out on a daily basis. I think it's becoming a. Uh, I think people have to subscribe to your to your information now because it's it's absolutely fantastic. So. Um, and, uh, it's a kind of a must have for us serious fantasy NFBC guys, for sure. I appreciate that, man. It's been, uh, I'm grateful that I have so many people that, uh, are, are into what I do because, um, it's given me an avenue to share my thoughts and, uh, you know, um, just, just grow in this, in this space. It's so cool. You know, when you realize how many people share, you know, your same and not even just fantasy, but just the NFBC spot in general. And um, I think it's only going to go up from here um, because 
I think this Champions League, Eric, is going to be pretty cool, man. I don't know. Did you sign up for it? I did. Yep. Yes. I'm ready to go. So, Isn't that uh, cool, I'm man? Just, I'm terrified of the uh, OC, man, because <laughs> I think I did one like in Chicago in like 2008. Like it's been that long. So <laughs> it's it's gonna it's it's gonna take some getting used to, and I'm sure I'm gonna mess the mess up Fab pretty grandly. But uh, it, maybe, yeah. maybe I'll learn something this year. Isn't that funny? Because I've I've heard most people say that that they're most worried about that because that's the one I think that some of the people who haven't played um, a th that third format is and the online championship is that and for anyone who doesn't know we're talking about the championship league that Toby uh, Bathrop Crazy brought out um, and introduced and the NFPC rolled with his idea and they're offering it right now on their platform. Uh, it's three separate leagues, three different formats to test your medal in three separate leagues, and it all gets combined into an overall score. And then the top 15 players from this year will be going on into the Champions League in 2025, and we're just going to roll that forward every single year. Um, I think we got 70 contestants now, so the actual overall pot is um, about 18,000, and first place is about 10 no, 10 grand. Um, so it's pretty cool. And I, I thought the idea, you know, when he first brought it out was really awesome. And as, as he tinkered, you know, with it and we spoke about it and we brainstormed with Derek and I was like, man, this is going to be really, really fascinating. And I'm, I'm more, I'm more amazed about how some of the people, Eric, haven't even played NFBC yet. There's like a couple, there's a couple of signups that they never even played NFBC. So um, yeah. I know one guy hit me up and he heard it on the, on my podcast. So I, I thought that was awesome, you know, and, and it, like, that's exactly kind of like what I think the goal was, is to bring out everyone who wants to just put their, their brains on the line, you know, and, and, yeah. and compete, you know, cause that's, when it comes down to that competitive nature, you know, um, yeah. but I'm excited. I'm super excited for that, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. I think it's going to be great. So there's going to be a lot of, uh, it's going to be weird drafting where one means more than another in the same, <laughs> in, you know, inside of the same format, man. It's <laughs> like, you know, if I do a DC in February, is it like get your guys season in like early February, you know? So it's, right. it's going to be a little different than the normal where, you know, you kind of work up to who you really, you know, who you really like, you know, we have a pretty wide range of players right now. Right. And yeah. it kind of narrows down as, as March comes. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that it's going to be a little different. So, uh, but I'm really looking forward to it and uh, just have to decide when to, when to draft the dang things. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing too. I know a couple of people asked, um, you know, like, can you just retroactively pick, you know, your league? It's not like you, when you join like an online championship or draft championship, you have to use your qualifier. Like when you sign up, you can't right. just draft it and nail a DC and be like, oh, I want this as the, as the qualifier. Yeah. It has to be that done ahead give, of That would give way, way too much of an advantage to the quantity players. <laughs> yes. Like, one, 1,000%. You know, <laughs> yes. Yes. 1,000%. Um, so I, and I've actually been in two DC, two separate DCs with um people who have used their qualifier already one was james anderson one was jordan rosenblum and i'm like what is everyone targeting me here what's going on right <laughs> they saw me in the sign up sheet and they're like i'm using my qualifier against rob uh, right exactly right <laughs> but i think it's going to be uh yeah no i mean i've been debating this myself and i think i'm gonna part of me wants to use my dc one really soon you know because mm -hmm. i'm in me full too. dc mode um but like man most of these leagues i've drafted with a lot of the same people 
So <laughs> part of me is wants to wait for a different sign-up sheet and not to say like, oh, softer week, you know, uh, or, you know, or harder league. It's not even that. It's just someone who doesn't know where I'm going with a lot of my players, you know, right. um, especially, you know, like even doing the Patreon and going through my teams and telling you guys who I like. I know that's going to be tough anyway. That's tough sledding as is. Um, but that just adds another extra layer. So yeah, me too. I kind of think I want to do my OC one no like really early because um, my I, I found like the online championships I do like in early February or mid February where like kind of spring training is just rolling around and maybe you can hit on some rumors or some news like and I don't know if this I'm just biased to like Two years ago, I, you know, I got J-Rod in like the 24th round just saying, hey, you know, whatever. If he makes it, um, he makes it. And the thing about the 12 team too, like that 24th round spot is usually getting churned anyway. So right. it's just like, you know, so like part of me wants to do that early, take a chance with a whole bunch of like up, upside picks late and just, just dump them if they don't hit. Um, but I don't know. This is, it, it's got me thinking really, really hard. I know a lot of people are trying to do their online, you know, ma main event TLQs, but I'm doing it like live. I already signed up for mine on Sunday in Vegas. Um, That's so, beautiful, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I like it. I'll, I'll probably do the on. I probably will do the main event online, um, uh, just because I want, you know, with my co-manager David Shelf, have him, you know, there for the Vegas experience and all that. So yeah, I'll yep. probably I'll probably go that route. But um, you know, I'll do my solo shot in in Vegas and. I gotta have, gotta fill drafts. I'm gonna be there for a whole week. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right there with you, man. I gotta look into that solo shot too. I gotta see when they're offering a live one because I think I'm, I think I'm, maybe kind of into it. Um, I don't know. I have to see how many leaked I'm actually going to do. I know the fab on the solo shot is once a month, so it's not. I treat. I'm trying to tell myself it won't be as bad, but for some reason, I don't know, because you do cut lines. I don't know like yeah. how, how long you have to prep to do like one cut line. But for me, I feel like I'm just going to end up doing just as much for the month. Yeah, I think it's so. probably, it'll probably be more work, right? It'll just be four times the work once a month. <laughs> so. It depends what kind of math you're into. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, yeah. what you should, you know, obviously what you should do per week is just slowly add guys into the watch list, but you know, when you have a, yeah. a ton of other teams, it's going to be a hard task, really. That's a good route. Um, so we'll talk about the live events real quick, but tell me about your history. First playing in fantasy baseball, and then, you know, how'd you find the NFBC? Because I think, like I said, you've been in here since almost the start, and, you know, how that evolved into just, you know, becoming an NFBC guy. Yeah, so uh, I'm an addictive personality, and uh, <laughs> I, I found uh, I was actually how old was I? Uh, I was in eighth grade. Um, yeah, eighth grade, and I lived in South Bend. And um, my buddy's dad owned a bunch of Little Caesars, like a bunch, mm -hmm. and uh, they had the Little Caesars Fantasy Baseball League. Like all the guys that owned, I don't know if it was executives or just owners of different little Caesars and uh, it was an AL auction league nice. and I'm in eighth grade. And I remember getting Robin Ventura and Mark McGuire. Uh, and I was absolutely hooked. So you had to wait for, you had to wait for the paper to come out. Um, what I think Monday was NL Tuesday was AL. Um, and you'd have to actually, you know, do the stats by hand. Yeah. So oh, it was that's fun. And I mean, that was like heaven to me when I got that Tuesday USA today, like, that's I was, and ever since then I've just been hooked into it. 
and uh, you know, just passionate about it. The USA. So, um, yeah. I signed up. I just an online search, and it already had one year, and everybody seemed to get paid. So at that <laughs> point, that was actually a big deal because there was a big football fallout like the year before. So um, you know, some 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 guys took the leap of faith. I, I didn't know about it the first year, but the second year I signed up and uh, going to Vegas and don't know anybody. And uh, my co-manager David Shout was there with me too. He's been with college buddy, and uh, I sit down right next to Meatloaf. And yeah. he was he was drafting next to me. I'm like, what the hell is going on? He's like, hey, I'm meat. I'm like, no shit, man. Like, what's going on? Um, crazy. And uh, Sean Child showed up with a big piece of ripped cardboard with like 30 names written on it. And okay. I was, I was like, look at this bozo. And of course, he won the league. Um, <laughs> and you know, got got smacked around. Got like ninth place my first year, our first year, seventh the second year, and then then starting to figure then started to figure it out a little bit. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I, you know, in case anyone's listening that doesn't know, Meatloaf, the singer, uh, played in the NFBC, um, and that must have been a crazy experience, right? Sitting down next to this singer, yeah. I was like, that's when I saw uh, Doug Moe, you know, live for the first time. I was like, oh my god, that's that's yeah. Doug Moe, the, the the NBA guy. <laughs> yeah, I know, and and of course there was no like you know cell phones and back then to take <laughs> pictures, so I have no recording of it whatsoever. Um, what a crazy yeah, life, see, right? You know, oh, I don't years, have a selfie of that experience. <laughs> yeah, and then a few years later, I sat down next to Nick Cassavetes, and I'm like, that's the dude from Face Off. Like, <laughs> I was like, what is happening? That's pretty uh, crazy. Yeah. That is wild, man. And 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 um yeah, Nick's Nick's a Nick's a fairly good player in the NFPC for sure. Yeah, um, he likes his rookies for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got the book. You got the book. Yeah. That's great. Um so yeah, so how many leagues do you tend to do per year? I know you got like a you know, a nice arsenal of leagues, like you you put your hand into a lot of different formats. So like had there something yeah. that's been grown over the past? It's grown stay? heavily. Yeah. It's grown heavily. Uh, the NFBC loves me because everything goes right back in. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I do. So I always do 18 cut lines. I can't handle any more than that. We'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I did 18 best balls this year. I love that format. You don't have to do anything. Um, I did, I don't know, 20-something gladiators. Uh, then I'm doing three mains for the first time this year. I'm doing a solo shot. I'm doing the 5K ultimate with Mike the Mouth. Uh, an auction. Um, I don't know. A bunch. So reinvesting all of it. <laughs> Reinvest it. And go for that bigger, go for that bigger payday for sure. That's right. Yeah. So I know, you know, a lot of people, obviously, you know, you have to have the means to get out to Vegas or New York. I know New York's not doing the draft anymore, which is kind of sad because I like I like going there. It's close to me. I take the train in. I just drive in. It's a close commute. And it was my first experience live. Um, but that first experience, man, really, really hooks you. Um, yeah. First, my first draft I did was an auction where I was a proxy for Phil, who was in Canada. And... Um, so I was a little nervous all the way around because I didn't like really understand the dynamics of things. You know, I've been in live draft before in auctions at home leagues, but you know, I, I'm I'm there and um, it was just a different feeling. And the whole time I'm like, I hope I don't fuck it up for this for Phil, right? Because right. he's just nervous. That he, I hope my computer doesn't fail. I hope uh, whatever. Um, and then my draft was the next day, and you know. 
man, what a what an unbelievable experience. And Modica introduced me to everybody. But then going out to Vegas was a whole nother ball game. Um, you know, you just to put a face and a personality and to the actual names in the draft rooms and or the handles on Twitter that we see or, you know, we Zoom during draft, we hang out and we chat. But it's just like it's different when you're in person, you know, and yeah, it, and it's, it's, it's like finding uh, it's like being in the wild and finding like animals like you. It's like <laughs> it's like, wait, you what you like sports cards and you like fantasy baseball and you like, you know, it's like. Yep. You know, there's not so many of us, but you know, it's it's very like-minded. We we got back into it, I don't know how many years ago, and just met a few ridiculous characters. I was like, I'm never not coming. So um it it'll be an every year thing for me for sure. Yeah, it has to be, um, without a doubt. I mean, um and and last year I was pretty you know, we we're still trying to take it all in. And um this year I'm just definitely gonna um, I went in it a little bit just to give myself some some days where I could just like actually like go around and and, and just do more Vegas things like uh, just see the town a little more but also just not be so like oh I got a draft and oh wait you know we have time to eat or you know I don't know it's just it felt very rushed but um yeah I I would think I was there for five days I left the Mirage once yeah <laughs> i forced myself to do some like daily walks at least yeah. to get out and move around because um i you know i like i like the outside i like the light and uh so i was just okay i have to do that more often i think the um maybe the one of the next to last days i went out to the back by the pool area and i was like they should do draft out here <laughs> yeah exactly you know like under a cabana outside it's that that would be like really a ton of fun all right, what's up, everyone? Just quick pause before we get right back into the action with Eric. If the MLB Hot Stove has given you that draft itch, head over to Underdog Fantasy. It's the easiest place to play fantasy baseball right now. Underdog has a live best ball called the bullpen. You can draft a team for the MLB 2024 season. It's best ball format. All you got to do is join the bullpen, draft your team. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no in-season management. You draft 20 players. You get the best cumulative scores in your starting lineup for three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, one flex each week of the regular season. Getting starting is quite simple. You just go to underdogfantasy.com. You sign up with the promo code PULLHITTER. And Underdog doubles your initial deposit up to 100 bucks. The overall prize, um, the total prize is for the bullpen is $75,000. And it's only 5 bucks to enter. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for the Underdog with a promo code and get that first hit deposit doubled. And you come draft with me in the bullpen today. Promo code PULLHITTER. Go sign up now. Before we get into some NFBC stuff, I just wanted to ask your opinion on some recent player news. We got the Vaughn Grissom for uh, Chris Sale trade. Um, I thought it was an interesting trade all around. Um, Chris Sale, I, I'm in two current DCs, and Grissom went at 232-1, and one, and Chris Sale went at 127-1. in one. So they, you know, that that's way, you know, that's like a 50-pick uh, jump for Sale. I don't know if it's going to happen in every DC. Right. Um, but what are your thoughts on the both of them? I guess they're like their value in general. Do you, do you, I guess, believe in the big bump in sale if it does happen? And also like, what, what's your expectation to Grissom? Well, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'll start with Grissom. I'm, in, I'm intrigued by him. Um, you know, anytime a 23 year old has that kind of bat skills, right. Yeah. Um, like the forecaster said, 
Uh, he may need a change, change of scenery to unlock opportunity. Well, it looks like that's what we got. So, yep. um, you know, just been one. I, I took him in the Vegas main last year. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by it. I'm sure I actually just took him in a draft last night. So at 18th or 19th round, something like that. So okay. I'll probably have some. Um, I'm not not huge expectations, but I mean, I think the guy could do what? 275, 285, 14, 14 or something like that. I don't know. You know, yeah. and then maybe surprise. I think that the, I think um, you know finding, finding legit batting average late in a draft. If he stays there, like if he, I don't know if he's gonna stay in like the two fifties, the two thirties. But if he does stay there, that's a big lift from you know. It's usually like specialty range. People are like, oh, I need speed or oh, I need power, right. and they're just like you're going for you know for players that fit your team build at the moment. And uh, not that you want to wait for like an average source, but if you just happen to, you know, fall a little behind or you're like, oh, I need a stable bat. Um, I, I think that he'd be the perfect fit for it. Um, watching him play, you know, I've been watching like a couple of his clips. You would think that he would, you know, have some more pop and more speed. You know, he just seems like a decent athlete, but um, I guess that'll come eventually too. I'm not. Yeah, um, he's young. I mean, 23, yeah. he can, he can grow into it. So, yep. Uh, yeah, yep. I'm a sucker for the 23 to 25 year old guys that, are getting their first opportunity or change of scenery. That's the kind of that's kind of stuff I'm looking for. Yeah, right. Uh that's your that's your player mold that you're attracted to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <A> little bit. <laughs> I mean it's it's fun. It's fun being drawn to those guys. You know, you have to have a good healthy balance of um oh, sure. of those players for sure. But yeah, yeah I've always said you know, like in the main event, you know, you want to take you know, I want to take four to six, not dart throws, but you know, maybe guys that are 24, 25, 26. And, you know, if you hit on two or three of those six, that's all you need. It really is. Right. Um, you know, it seems like every time it, I do that or we do that, it, it, it tends to, and you're never going to come close to even 50% probably on those. But when you do hit them and they really, they really go, it, it really helps the, the overall standings. Yeah. No, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, what about Mr. Chris Sale? You know, I diving into him a little bit, even before the, you know, the trade, you know, he's always kind of a, a guy going around pick 170. So um, I'm not usually going for SPs around there, but sometimes if I just needed a starter, I was looking into him and it's like, okay, like he, he had a second half where he still had a 30% K rate. I know the fastball velocity isn't there, but he stopped throwing it and everything kind of got better um, skill wise for him. And at least, you know, I don't know. Not to say that the Red Sox are a bad team, because I don't think they are, but um, you know, definitely has better win capability there, I guess, with the Braves. But you know, I was looking at like last year's um, main event ADP stats, right, for starting pitchers and starting pitchers who went in between picks six, uh, seventy six and one fifty, um, averaged one hundred and twenty eight innings with one hundred and forty Ks and a three eight seven ERA. Like that's it. And he's projected to like hit all those marks, you know, for sure. Um, so I think it's a, you know, I think it's a, I don't think he's washed like some tweets were out there. I know most of those people were meatballs who were tweeting him. Not that I take their stuff seriously, but um, it's just funny to see like, I don't know, just, just like surface, like really quick surface stat looking at Chris Sale. And you yeah. think, oh yeah, he's not Chris Sale. Of course he's not the old Chris Sale, but right. he's still, I think, a respectable pitcher. But what do you think about him? 
Yeah. So my, the, the way my brain goes is I think best ball, I think cut line. And then I think, mm. then I think live. So that's my three. So my answer is almost always different. Right. So right. like cut line, no chance too much of an injury risk. Right. Best ball, maybe. And then live events is a, we'll see, we'll see in spring. Right. Uh, right. Obviously the skills, he's retained a lot of the skills uh, going to the Braves can't hurt. Right. I mean, with that lineup, uh, with the division, I think uh, I, I think that'll help. So I, I could be very interested in March. I can't. I just don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. I, I, that's fair. I, that's very fair. That's um, that's funny how you said that too. Your brain has to hit different, different, you know, styles and different formats of leagues. That's a that's that's such a good point because, um, it is different in all three, right? You know, yeah. uh, yeah, that's uh. I guess if you don't play in in many different formats, your brain doesn't go there. And I know that some people don't play many different formats for that reason. They just can't focus on like more than one. Right. Um, but so what do you think they end up doing with their SP5 for the Braves? You think that they're just going to maybe let Smith, like you think could now they have more of a better one through four, they let uh, Smith Sharver work it out or it just gives them more time to, I guess, develop in the minors and let elder keep doing his elder things. <laughs> yeah. I would guess they're going to go to, I would guess they're going to go to elder, which isn't, you know, the best for, for our hobby, but um, you know, it's a long season, man. I mean, they might know they're going to split it between those two, let elder go first, let the young guy go to the, go down. Um, you know, half of all pitchers get hurt, man. So we're, we're going to yep. see them both plenty. <laughs> yep. hundred percent. Right. Um, we saw Frankie Montas sign with the Reds. Um, you know, you just pull up his stats. He's, he's, he's had some seasons where, I mean, he's just been really, really effective. Uh, obviously, the shoulder stuff is really worrisome. But, um, I don't know, he's going to he's doing the spot, I guess, right now, some draft champions where you can, I guess, just take a shot at him. But the park doesn't really, doesn't really excite me, even though he puts the ball on the ground a decent amount. Yep. So again, I'm going to my three three different categories. <laughs> break it so down. Break live it down. Event, so live event. That's he's opposite of sale. So live event, he's out. Um, and then I wouldn't be opposed to a best ball. Well, I guess he's the same as sale. So well, he's doubtful for cut line. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed in best ball um, just because of a shoulder with the cut line. I'm trying to take as little amount of risk as I can there. Right. I want the I want the boring dudes, man. I mean, I, I drafted Merrill Kelly so much in cut lines for so many years, and then. He had to go and be a good pitcher, and now I can't. You know, you can't get him in every draft anymore. But yeah, yeah, just but like that's that. the kind of guy I'm looking for, right? Yeah, those like kind of inundated types that just get through it, and yeah, yeah, that's um, that's interesting. Yeah, Montas, you know, I I can't, I can't, I don't think I'm gonna go next to him um, in a DC. Not that I don't think he's just like doomed to fail, but right, um, it's just that park scares me. Um, you yeah, know, it's. I, a, I mean, the park factor I saw in the forecaster, it was like, has there ever been a bigger gap between park factors? You know, I mean, it's like it was like double the Rockies. I mean, it was it was nuts. So it's I mean, pretty I, nuts, right? Yeah, it was. So I was thinking, man, yeah, and it's my hometown, which makes it fun to watch baseball games sometimes. But um, yeah, I'll probably be out for live events. Who knows? But you know, like I said, best ball. And when I don't have to count the bad ones, that's something that intrigues me. <laughs> yeah, that's totally right, though. You really like, you, I mean, you really don't. You know, you're not tracking it. You're not glued into it. Those, those fab leagues where 
every every time you turn on the live event you're thinking i mean every time you turn on your box score you're thinking the first thought is to those fab leagues right where you're yep. like oh man 100 yeah i just i just went back three three spots in whip um but again he's in at 358 right now so he's next to guys like uh sawyer gibson long who's still hovering around there trevor rogers right behind trevor rogers uh ranger suarez so it's a decent decent group of those are your um you know taking a stab at some back end uh pitchers and hoping that one of them hits to stay on the season but not not that far removed from 187 innings pitch with 207 k's um but that's yeah i mean it can happen in that part right luis castillo did it um but he's got to do it yeah Yeah. you've got to be you've got to be pretty darn elite to do it so yep yep see yeah without a doubt um what do you got? One more. Oh, yeah. So what do you think about Lucas Giolito moving to the Boston Red Sox? Do you think he's got anything left in the tank? What I find interesting about Giolito is just like if you just need a guy with with bulk and, you know, who's got skills, he thinks he's got the uh, sixth, um, sixth most inning pitch in the last um, – no, ninth, ninth most innings pitched in the last three years combined. It's he's so you, you'll get that out of him. But yep. he's he's only twenty nine still too. He's 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 not done done. I th- I think. And uh, well, first thing, one of the first things I always think about a player is has he done it before, right? And he has. Right. You've, he's shown that he can do it. Um, you know, he's he's a, he's a dream for cut line, right? High K's, a lot of innings. You know, gonna get some wins. Don't have to count the bad ones. <laughs> So, right. you know, he's just a, he's a dream. So he's a target for that and best ball live events. Eh, probably not. Yeah. Um, you know, it's an interesting stat, right? Um, last year, um, Charlie Morton was the latest pitcher to go ADP wise that from a pitcher who had 200 or more Ks in 2022. And do you, do you know where he was drafted? Last year, Morton. Yep. Oh, one fifties. One fifty, exactly. Yep. So, oh. Gilito being at two twenty is is so like that's that's where my mind went to immediately. Like mm-hmm. there was a there's a two hundred k pitcher available <laughs> past two hundred, and last year the last one that went from twenty twenty two is Morton at one fifty. So yeah. Again, I try to contextualize things in all different ways. And when, you know, when I framed it like that, I'm like, well, I guess that's not that bad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, well, what I don't want to do is text DuPont because he's going to, you know, he's going to think he's the the greatest pitcher of all. You know, the guy puts on a different jersey all of a sudden. He's going to be uh, Sandy Koufax. <laughs> so. Oh, we should, I should have, I should have just got a live reaction off of, uh, off of DuPont, you know, that's, that's what I should have done. That's what I should have done. I, I messed up there and, and, uh, and not getting that and not getting yeah, that. Yeah. It could it. be, even if it's just a six minute podcast, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She just do a, He should just do one for me every, every day. Just have a, a six or seven minute. I guess it's gotta be seven minute abs. So it's like and, uh, any, seven. any Red Sox news. He, you have to go to the, the number one correspondent. <laughs> yep. Yep. Jason Dupont, and all right. So one one last one last bit of news right here. Um, the San Diego Padres continued to just grab um, international arms here, and they just picked up Wu Suck Go uh, for a two year four point five million dollar deal. Um, just adds to them getting Yuki Matsui, and I mean, 
what is happening here? Are you have have you drafted any Robert Suarez, and will you be drafting no, any one of these guys? One, I think I might have got one Suarez like a month and a half ago, like real late. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I've yeah. just been avoiding it. Um, you know, Matt Suey's intriguing, but he's like he's like five eight, one fifty or something like that, and he's a lefty. Yeah. So yeah, and he's not going right. to fit the profile. You never know, but. If Suarez is healthy, I would think that it's going to be Suarez, but I'm just not sure. I'll that, that's you know that's a come back to me in March question, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's like kind of like right now. Um, you know, it's funny. I had two I had two DCs running. Uh, one was uh, one with an MTM Mike Demal fast draft or flying by. You know, people making picks and. Um, I think when it was rumored that he was inside, you know, with the Padres, whoever was on the clock at pick whatever, around 40, scooped them up. Um, and then on the flip side, in my other DC, in the 400 DC, um, now it's just like, okay, let's watch and see what happens with Suarez, right? <laughs> to see if, you know, how that, how they're going to react to that. So it was, it played, it played in both leagues. Um, but he he didn't really go too much further from where he'd been going in drafts. Like, I think he's um his ADP right now since December is about two hundred and five, and he went like I think two twenty. So, um, right. it's gonna be it's it's a spot where there's chaos. But if it might be some you know, um you know what's the saying? Chaos is the ladder. So if right. you could if you could just hit it right, but um and but I'm what's not crazy even is we had like we had like uh of these types of situations going into last year, we had like 15 of them. It was insane. Now this year we have so many, we have so much more certainty at the closer this year in early drafts. It's just amazing. The difference in years. Yeah. Without a doubt. It's, it's so different. The approach into coming to the draft, like you said this year, there's, there's, there's less of uh like opportunity in in various spots. Um, although I, I, I do think um, it might be, you know, it, it's only going to take a couple of weeks to go back to um, it being like a couple, like the years past where we're like, oh, why do they trust the stability and closer? Right. Silly me. <laughs> right. But um, don't why don't I take Alex Lang in my main event? Oh, Lang. Yeah. Oh, man. That, that's going to be the. Lang. I can that's see gonna... it coming already. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Or well, the first, or well, the first. The first spring training game that, you know, Shelby Miller comes out and throws 99, we're all going to be like, oh, shoot him through the moon. Shelby right. Miller's a guy. <laughs> all it takes is Velo to go crazy, especially in Vegas. Yeah, um, that's, the, that's the hardest thing. That's the absolute hardest thing with drafting in March is, the you know, these guys get so much steam. And I and I, and I have 100% fallen, fallen into that before. So, I mean, hell, I took Clark – we took Clark Schmidt in, a, in the main in Vegas, you know, what 10 rounds before we would have three weeks earlier yeah you know? and then yep. you want to slap yourself for being such an idiot you know yeah uh i mean like who was i think detmers that was the biggest one i remember last year just like holy shit yeah like, I, I was off detmers but yeah clark schmidt was you know bulk yep. innings at a bad with bad ratios that's great <laughs> I know. I was just gonna tell you that. At least he made all the starts, <laughs> but it didn't really help. But um, yeah. So so go go is twenty five, and he's got one hundred and thirty nine saves, um, which is 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 pretty solid. Um, 
I would I would assume he's gonna have good jersey sales with that name. You know, hope. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what they're gonna do here. I mean, Matsui, like I I kind of agree with you. I think being five eight, one fifty, uh, it's not gonna really I don't know. It's not not that that means you, you you won't be able to close games, but it just doesn't. It just seems unlikely to me. And I was just like kind of think about the psyche of it too. Like you you're gonna send a little guy like that out to close. How much did how much did Billy Wag? I mean Billy Wagner was only like five eight, but how much did he weigh? <clears throat> he seemed like he was a bigger guy. I actually looked it up. He was five. Well, Baseball Reference has him listed at five ten. So I don't know okay. if that's true or not. But um, well, then, well then this guy's gonna look really small. Billy Wagner was five ten. Right? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And Suarez, you know, had that run where he was just magnificent. Um, you know, when he first came into the Padres, and uh, you know, and then he had that postseason run where he was just lights out. And I think kind of you know that run kind of made everyone, you know, um, scoop him up anyway, just in case Hater was you know like. Uh, you know, in case he had an opportunity, he was a popular pick last year. So I think that's kind of remnant this year with him. <clears throat> but so it'll be interesting to see where they go. I am totally staying away from it unless um, one of them kind of. That's my pug. He's yeah, my, my most likely would be if Suarez fell three, four rounds past ADP. Maybe that might be. And I had a need. But other than that, I'm probably staying away. I think I think I 100% agree with you there. I think if Suarez starts to dip, I'll 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 jump on that. The other guys, if if they just kind of fall, I I don't know what to think of them. I guess it's probably too. I don't. The import to touch, just tough for me. Like even Senga last year, I didn't draft even as a Met fan, like not even once. You know, and all the drafts I did, did I did I draft him because I was just I was just unsure. You know, it, it, I don't know it. It's hard to take a splash on that, you know, when you're really investing in the leagues. Yep. Um, all right, so give me a little insight into how you get ready for your drafts, you know, for your um, how you evaluate players. I, I don't know if you're like a projection guy or do you just like have a leaderboard with some stats and metrics like you to do? Um, what do you like to get into when you're evaluating players? Yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely not a big projection guy. I kind of know what they are. Um, I kind of rely on, you know, listening to podcasts. Um those kind of things for the for the details. A lot of a lot of your work helps me. Um, but I, I would say I um, my process is the baseball forecaster. I get that PDF and just engulf it. I love mm-hmm. it. Um, I love the minor league baseball analyst. Um, I do that. Go through the box scores or the the player boxes on that uh, for guys that are possible to be up this year. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have some idea. Um, that really helps with late DC stuff. Um, uh, baseball prospectus. I read all of that. <laughs> so that's literally the only reading I do in my life is fantasy baseball. Stuff. So, <laughs> I, know. Um, I tried and- to read a book recently, Eric, and I just booted myself out of my own podcast. <laughs> Ugh, my fingers just went crazy on the mouse, and I just back backhandled it. But I, right. yeah, so I recently tried to um, you know read a book, and uh, I, my wife's like, "Couldn't you just make it like a non-sports book?" <laughs> no, I'm like, the what? No. I'm like, it's the MVP machine, babe. <laughs> right. 
I'm just, it, I'm just, it, it helps me in fantasy, but no, it's, um, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. The last book I read was, uh, uh, Matthew Barry's fantasy land. <laughs> <laughs> so that tells you, I know. That tells you. I'm just finishing up. I just finished, um, Ron Chandler's book. He, it's not out yet for the public, but when we went to first pitch Arizona, um, anyone who was attending there had a chance to buy oh, cool. it and, and, and read it. And it's, let me tell you, man, when it comes out, I mean, everyone listening to us too, if you're into fantasy baseball, it is so awesome like i i like i knew some of the history but when you really now that i'm just doing it for my life and it's all i do i was like wow i appreciate it so much more i was so much grateful for everyone like for what ron chandler's done for what greg ambrosius done i has done you know like not even just found in the nfbc but like what he did beforehand Man, oh, like yeah. just reading the accounts and, you know, like I, I, I remember when my brothers, you know, was really starting to play fantasy and I was like kind of mingling, you know, like we played a little stupid home league. It was like the four of us, but, um, I remember when they were playing leagues with their friends, um, they would get the books and I remember seeing his name in it, Greg, you know, Greg's name, but just reading this book, man, I gotta tell you, I, I, I was, I was so I was happy, you know, it made me happy. I'm like, wow, this, yeah, is, this sure is so I'll cool. I will read that one. I promise you. Yeah. Cause I mean, they went through, they went through lengths just to like bring it to even where it is now. Like they had mm. to jump through hurdles. They had to find, you know, just even the, like, I, it, it's good. It's good. You know, they'll love it. You'll love yeah. It. Absolutely. Um, okay, so yeah, so, prospectus to get back on mm -hmm. that topic. Uh, I, I engulfed that. The, the only thing that I'm not, I don't love about the baseball perspectives is there's a different writer for each team, right? So some guys are doing it from a fantasy angle. Some guys are doing it from a sports writer angle. Some guys are doing, you know, mm -hmm. so when you get a guy that that's writing it, how, how we want the player boxes to be, um, you know, it's all, it, you can get some good information. I remember my greatest pull ever from the baseball perspectives was, I don't know how many years ago, but um, the guy said, if you play fantasy baseball draft Delman young this year, I was like, you know what? I am. And I took him and that was the year Delman Young went nuts. So yeah. 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 Look at it that. Was like his best year by a ton. Yeah. So I, um I love that. I love it when like um either you know, like a website or writer or any kind of tool that you use just happens to um, you know, just give you that one thing that you'll never nugget, forget. Man. Yeah. That's a nugget and it's something that you'll never forget too, right? That kind of just stays that kind of just stays with you the whole time. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I just didn't say what he said. I mean, I, it was backed by a lot of data and all yeah, those things. Right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I'll never. So I, I always read all of the, all of the baseball perspectives just in case I find something like that. So yeah, that's 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 great. yeah. And then I use uh, Fangraphs a lot, uh, obviously for the roster stuff. But I also use I like the minor league power rankings. Mm -hmm. um, I use that a lot, and then I use. Um, you know, some stuff plus location plus stuff. Um, nice. Yep. Um, and then I use obviously FTN Vlad's articles, a must. Mm -hmm. um, and then I use Razball. Um, usually not as often with a lot of people, but you know, maybe two, three, four times a month. I'll, Hey, let me see what Razball has to say about this decision I have right on a line right. of construction. 
Um, and then I, I uh, in golf, all of your stuff, that's huge for me now. Like I've told you before, I probably hear your voice more than anybody in my entire life, <laughs> including my wife and kids. So, so weird. Um, it's so weird to hear it. I don't know. And, and then uh, NFBC ADP, uh, you know, just kind of really seeing trends there um, and really using that. Uh, I mean, a lot of people have seen me in Vegas. Sometimes I'll do rankings. Sometimes I just take my ADP with a marker because when you do so many drafts and you're so passionate about it, you can really, you really know what you're going to do. You know, it's like, oh, wait, you know, well, it's going to be when, when, when it's on the end of the draft, like, well, there's, it's going to be one of three guys. I already know it's going to be one of three guys. And, yep. but you're not even, you don't have your rankings in front of you, right? You just know. You just and know. Uh, yep. yeah, you just know. So, um, you know, I, I've spent a few years, I've spent a lot of time on rankings, changing them constantly. And then I get to the draft. I'm like, I didn't need to do that. You know, yeah. I could, I could yeah. have done it with an ADP and, and marking a few pen, with, with a pencil. Um, so and so, true, you know, so that's where I'm at. Um, I, I probably won't even bring now for live events. I probably will do some kind of list, just take the ADP and then move them real quick. But I'm not going to every time I obsess about the list, it's it, it, it's a waste of time. That's a good point. Like it is. If you do, if you do enough draft, or if you if you look at it enough, it it just becomes snap decisions, you know, yep. because like you've you've made this rolodex in your brain of, of of guys that you want in every spot, and um, sometimes you know I try not to fall into like that mode where it's always going to be this guy, you know. If you do like a lot of DCs mm-hmm. and it, or a lot of cut lines or whatever, and you just don't want to. You know, you're like you believe in a player, but at the same time, you don't want your brain to just fall into that autopilot mode of like always going there, right? You know, yeah. but that's what happens. We establish, you know, like who we like and who we don't like, and that's our target. But then sometimes I'm like, like, like right now, I just looked at my player shares and I'm like, I don't know, shit. I'm, I'm, I'm. I hope Zach Nato is is gonna be good. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, and like, and that really flows and changes during the. So when I'm doing the cut lines, like I know I'm doing 18 of them, right? So, you know, hey, I'm not in love with Paul Goldschmidt, but you know he's eight eight picks past his ADP. I need a first baseman. I'm gonna have maybe one, max two out of 18 teams pull the trigger. Right. So right. it's just a constant game where, you know, cause like three years ago during the cut line or no, two years ago, it was the semifinal of the cut line. Goldschmidt went absolutely berserk. You know, I mean, you almost had yep. to have him like he yep. put up like one twelve or something on a week. So, um, you know, you, you definitely want to spread, spread the wealth around a little bit. Now, you know, I'm not going to have injury prone guys in the cut line. I'm not going to have like jazz Chisholm hundred, you know, five times it's just not going to happen but um no sorry i went on a tangent but no it's all good it's all good the pod this podcast is 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 ruled by tangent um, <laughs> okay without a doubt um all right so how many dcs are you getting involved with this year um less so i think it's six Okay. I did one 400. I might do another 400. And then I did, I think I'm doing six and that might include the CLQ. Okay. Nice. Nice. Um, last year I did think 12. So I'm cutting back a little bit. Cutting back on that too many line. Cause I mean, lineups take time. 
you know, think yeah. people say like, oh, I don't want to do a fab league, but um well, worst thing for me, like at, at work, we, we have a brewery like a, a mile from our work and we'll be like, hey, you know, it's Friday during the summer. It's baseball season. And uh, you know, let's go to the brewery and have a few drinks. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit, I got to go home and set, <laughs> you know, all these lineups like and it's like, you know, so it's not the Monday problem. It's the Friday problem. <laughs> So I just was like, I got to cut back on these, man. I got to yeah. cut back because you can't, you can't misstep when you're, when you're going against this type of competition, you know? Yes. I mean, like the one thing that you got to have is the, uh, is, is, is the lineup indicator <laughs> that made it a lot easier, but yeah. uh, still uh, it's, it's a lot. Every year I say, man, this is a lot of lineups. And every year I just add more leagues and just, yeah. But it's fun. It's also yeah. really it's also really fun too. I mean, you know, setting lineups and you know, when you're around 46 guy, you get to plug him in and he has, you know, that's that's awesome. That's a great feeling. So that's it's a definitely huge a, feeling. Huge yeah, feeling. It's it's awesome. hundred percent. And the team that I had that came second in, in the overall last year and my draft champions, like Matt Walner was my round fifty pick. Yeah. Right. And like he just became one of my favorite players, <laughs> you know, right. because like every home run he hit. And I was like, I started to use him a lot too. Like uh, I had Wanda on that team. And after he stopped playing, you know, it's like, and it was Taylor Ward too. You got hit in the face. And it's like Matt Walner was like this semi savior. This yeah. fifth, like you said, this this late round pick that just yeah. becomes this guy. And like, oh, thank God I have Matt, of Walner. You know? Yeah. And that it, gotta it have really, Matt it, you know, I've had like that with, uh, you know, like uh, Elvis Andrus or Miguel Rojas, like Miguel Rojas, you know, round 42. And you're like, yeah, oh, my gosh, thank God I have Miguel Rojas. Yeah. What am I middle? Yeah. Yes. I needed these eight, eight plate appearances this weekend. It's right. huge. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, so you, shouldn't be, you shouldn't be asking me anything about DCs. You are the DC master. No, nah, no, not the master. I'm just uh, I'm just every year I'm trying to get better. That's that's the goal, man. Got to have that mob mentality. Um, so when you set up your like your roster construction approach, um, you know, how are you mixing in? I guess, you know, like veterans and rookies. Um, are you diversifying against, you know, like with multiple teams and also to like, what is your breakdown of of like pitchers and split like pitchers and batters? I know a lot of people do it differently, and I you know I love to hear how how other people do it because I've I've gotten some responses where I'm like hmm like maybe I should look into that like doing that a little right. bit differently because I get stuck into my modes you know yeah so the 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 DCs have always kind of been just my way of doing research <laughs> so oh, yeah yeah. I mean, it really is. So I'm, I'm trying to lead up to March. Um, but, you know, it allows me to really learn the player pool and, you know, watch a ton of baseball. So no, no, most guys, but, you know, it, you're always surprised, right? I mean, you know, especially last year. But, um, yeah, so early season versus late season might be a little different on that. But I usually mix in some young guys for sure. I mean, I especially from 41 on, I've had people even make comments like, you know, none of those guys are in the major leagues. I'm like, well, you know, you know, they could be. That's what they said about, <laughs> you know, Tanner Bybee and some other guys last year. So, um, you're right. But yeah, I'm usually, I think I'm 22 pitchers usually. Okay. Is that are up about where you're at. Um, this year, that's about where I'm at. Yeah. Normally in previous years, I was at more pitchers, mm -hmm. um, like 24 ish. 
but this year I've been in the 22, 23 range. I think he even had one team with 21 that I really went like almost like trip aces up at the top. So I just felt, and I get that, that, that determined it, you know, I get the, yeah, well that, the, and if you have like, you know, let's say you have three elite ish middle relievers. I mean, that's gonna, you know, you don't need to have the 23rd and 24th pitcher if you've got guys you can plug. So, um, but yeah, it's all about the construction and, and how many pitches you got. But you know, some some depending on the way the draft's moving, right? You might come up with uh, you might have a bunch of uh, late pitchers, only have a few early, and just really do quantity, which I've done before. Uh, it can be a nightmare because you're throwing out some really scary starts, but yeah. it can work too. Without a doubt, because I think the worst is when you get to a lineup period and you just don't have anyone to pitch, you know, at yeah. all. Um, but like, you know, I'm torn too with like the double reliever thing because, like you said, if you, I think taking you know like one anchor guy really helps, and then if you want to take your second one relatively soon, maybe in that like eighty range with the Presleys of the world, or if you want to wait to like the Holmes Alzelay area and get your second guy there, um, some people stretch it out. You'll get like your Finnegan in your mid two hundreds. Um, and some people just let it ride, like, and just take one up top and, and then just speculate late. You know, I think you use up more resources that way, but some people, you know, like that route instead. When I won the overall, I didn't pay up for closers. And then um, I've been trying to go, I, I try to split up my teams in, in, in two different ways. You know, one, one I'll, the one teams I'll, I'll be, get, you know, make sure I have two closers. Um, within that first 140 and then the ones that don't um i'm like oh good my my offense looks better and the pitching looks better but then there comes a point where you're like man where am i gonna get my saves from and then you go into a little bit of this panic mode like, yeah it also kind of depends too because over time you know because right now it's early january by mid-february you might have four relief pitchers that you're targeting that you weren't even looking at barely in early right. January. Right. So that just, that just creates a bigger pool for you to choose from. And when you're doing a, and when you're doing a draft, that's not auction, you, you know, that's, that can be a big difference. So you have more confidence in picking up that second or third reliever. Yep. Absolutely. Um, how do you like backfill your, you know, what did your, like your last 20 rounds look like? Are, are you um, like, backfilling with some playing time certainty or are you just taking more shot with some maybe some higher up i'm doing a, a bit a little bit of all of it so okay. I'm, I'm always trying to get at least four at each position right mm -hmm. um so i do that i also do i also am a big fan of like late combos with teams like this year the i really don't want to say but the uh the colt keith matt veerling combo has been gold interesting um, i like that you know, so yeah. i like i like late combos where i know i'm not gonna I'm, at least i've got one player or should mm -hmm. have one player um but you know getting those uh i'm pretty strict with my positional stuff and same with the cut line but um you know uh and then i'm taking some shots um that would be where the minor league analyst is coming in um trying to find some guys that they think might be up this year um and you know, ADP following ADP a little bit, but in the early DC season, it's the wild, wild west. So, yeah, it really is. Yeah, kind of need, need to know your stuff, but um, and that's how I'm backfilling it and uh, and just hitting all my targets as far as uh, as far as positions. I would say, like, what I'm what I'm really, I guess, grasping more to 
this year, especially within my, I think my last four or five drafts, and maybe because I've been doing a lot of these 400s, is that once it gets past round 35, I'm really, I don't, I mean, I don't really tend to play ADP chicken anyway. You know, yeah, I, don't, I, don't I, do it after 35. Just don't do it. It's whoever you like best. <laughs> yeah. Just take it. Like who cares if like, if, if, if Spencer Arrogetti is going around 49, like if you like him and you think he's going to pitch decent amount well, the Astros take him in round 40, doesn't fucking matter. Right. Yeah. Like just get it because there's nothing like think because because this is what's happened multiple times. I've had this guy in mind. I've had him in the queue, and I'm like, ah, he goes there, so I can wait, and I'll take these players here. And then someone literally was like, are you reading my fucking brain that you just took this guy, you know, right. <laughs> and, and went against the very strategy I laid out? So just go get it. It doesn't matter. Yep. Um, it doesn't matter. Just And especially uh, as you start getting into the, the, the 400s and closer to the season and the 1,000, more people are going to be finding out about those players. Um, so – what you what you might have had an awesome secret for three weeks and then that's not so much a secret anymore so that, that's why that adp i say you know after the first i don't know 30 32 33 rounds yeah doesn't matter yeah just go get your guys man yeah absolutely get your guys um <clears throat> all right let's go look back at the uh at the main event season from 2023 um okay. yeah two teams one team finished first or um in the league one team finished by third in the league or first third yeah third by half point yep <clears throat> oh third by half point okay um and that team was also 124th in the overall um 84th percentile on hitting, 49th percentile on pitching. So, um, and got only 4% of the ERA points, but you had 91% of the stolen base points. So, um, and I did see that you had uh, a lead, I think, going into week 24, and it kind of just um, dropped like nine points the last four weeks. What happened there? Yeah, we had, a, I thought our plan was really good. We, we, we wanted Otani. That was our target going in. Love it. Um, got him. Um, it was, I was talking to my co-manager shout and I said, Hey, we're flipping Otani to, we had 74 batting points at the point at this time. Yep. Like we are flipping Otani full-time pitcher. doesn't matter. Cause we were really up there and hitting and, uh, he gets hurt like the three days later. And I was just like, man, I, I had it perfectly set up and it just didn't, it didn't work. So that happened. Um, and, uh, Andrew Abbott. And Bryce Miller turned into pumpkins mm. and uh, Wander, you know what happened to Wander. Um, Kalanick fought a water cooler. And I was just like, I had to, we had to be, we fell from like 20 somethings overall, 20 something to 128 in like three, four weeks. So oh. it was, it, it was, it was not, it was not good. We had to be one of the bottom teams that last three weeks. That's 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 brutal. That's a that's a laundry list of stuff to um to go through, you know. Um yeah. how much you mentioned Otani, how much so I how much did you actually use him as a pitcher last year? I think we only used him maybe well the one short the two short weeks we used him, and then we used him maybe once for double starts. I think that was it. Maybe four starts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that um, was it. And then maybe two double starts, but I don't think he had that many. I think he only had one double start. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we were, Tough. yeah, we were really excited about the prospects of the last month. And it just, yeah. 
<laughs> it's crazy to see like the difference. Um, like you had one ERA point in your league, but ten and a half whip point. Normally, you see like both kind of like you know like in the same yeah. area. That was wild. I see. I was looking at the stand, and I'm like, wait a minute, is this is this a mistake? I thought they scraped the data wrong. You know, and nope. I'm like, did he just have? How did he, how did that happen? <laughs> Well, when the most innings you have is Aaron Nola and Joe Ryan, who had uh, whips of 117 to 115, their XERAs in the threes and ERAs of 451 and 446 with all those innings, you know, just a killer. Yeah, um, that, that definitely adds up. You know, and then you throw in Clark Schmidt and the bunch, and that's, a, that's what happens. Here we go. Clark Schmidt back in action. <laughs> Uh, uh, so I like on this team though, like if you just from top to bottom, uh, Otani, Nola, JTR, Adolis Garcia, Will Smith, Franco, Bednar, Joe Ryan, Daniel O, Bohm. I mean, I really like how like none of those guys were really sinks until Franco got you know thrown out of the league or whatever. Right. Um, but that solid, solid, sturdy group there that just gave you a nice, you know, anchor. Um, yep. most on cost there. You did the double catcher early. Um, I noticed kind of like on your other team, it was the opposite kind of approach with catchers. So is that something that you like, it, it's a double catcher thing, something that you flip up like each, each time it just happens to be, how no, we, we how I think we've probably goes. done that extremely rarely, uh, through the years. Well, uh, catch just early? The, yeah. Just the way the draft fell, it mm -hmm. just from that draft spot, it just really flowed like that. Um, okay. and we felt great about it. I saw you did the same thing in your Vegas um yep that because i remember after the draft i went up to you i said like, i did the same thing we got the same <laughs> two catchers and we both had otani too yep yep yeah 100 yeah, so, i did the same thing and i did the same thing in an auction too i i i, I uh bought um jtr and will smith so i'm a fan i'm a fan yeah so this year i i highly doubt i'll be doing early catcher but we'll see yeah right i, I, I know i'm loving that late pool but some of these guys drafting right now the nfbc players are just pushing that second to third tier catching to a point where it's like geez yeah 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 because i think i think they're like really good values there and i think everyone's yeah. really starting to notice that you know maybe it's just too late for them to go 100 um, so i think i i i think that's the case it's not being done for no, for just like a like a you know some random reason they they just really good catchers and well and, this is oh. by far and it's not even close the deepest and best catcher pool we've ever had since i've been playing fantasy baseball it's not even close so yeah, I, it's um, really good yeah it's really good so yep. you yep. know it, it's, you just have to adapt every year and uh and go from there i was i was drafting this great pool i was drafting all those guys last year so you know i had a bunch of nailer and um uh, all those, all those that, that guys in that group. So, yep. you know, familiar wow. with them. <laughs> uh, so you you did the old Jared Schuster. That was probably a little Vegas influenced, right? Uh, I think. I, yeah, I, think I don't. He... I, I don't know what you're talking about. I please. <laughs> <say. laughs> 
<laughs> I just remember, I just remember him, you know, getting the, uh, like getting that steam. It's funny, man. All these guys that I remember, uh, you know, trying to go back into my room and, and just like, look at spring training stuff and look at the yeah. notes. And sometimes they're happening during drafts. Right. Yeah. And like wrote, like I have my road a wire and refreshing just because, you know, you, you just want to make sure you like a player, you you're about to draft doesn't go down, but then you see, like you see these player blurbs and you, or you see a box score and then all of a sudden like literally in the draft it's like kind of like when you slow draft now and a guy signs and and right. you know it's like oh yeah i'm drafting him now but it's the same thing in the live events where if you get like a piece yeah. of live news just man you got to be like right on it but i remember schuster was uh was yeah pretty- as bad as our as good as i think as good as our draft was early after like round 12 it was horrendous so to get a third place finish i think out of that was okay I, I'll, no, yeah. I'll take it uh, i would I would agree, man. Not to say, you know, like not to, you know, say, oh yeah, all those picks were bad, but it it, it was mixed with a bunch of guys that you, you know you didn't really get much use of. No, Morel, no. our other uh, draft, we, we corrected that with the second draft. <laughs> yes, yes, I I see that. Um, yeah. So one thing too on this team, man, I just I realized that you made forty two bad moves total and mm-hmm. only. Four one dollar moves. <laughs> I'm pretty fascinated by that. When I when I looked at it, I was like, again, I'm like, did I do this right? I had to like, you know, ask um, other people who have some fab data. I'm like, is is it is this right? And um, that's pretty. It's pretty interesting because I I had like over over twenty one dollar moves in one of my mains. Right. So it's just a whole other thing to see. Um, obviously you went big on Bryce Miller and um, mm. Abbott. But um, just a lot of, you know, early, aggressive, big count move, but not a lot of moves per week. So right. um, if that's just like a, a, a strategy that you like to use or just team dependent? That well, it, that it's way. team dependent. But one thing we've learned is to not panic. So, mm, you, you know, like because it, and, you know, one of the lessons you learn is, hey, you know, yeah. So this guy's the sixth pitcher, you know, right now. But that, that you know, that could be remedied in like 10 days. So, you know, so I, I, I kind of maybe I'm just a little stubborn with that too, but, you know, didn't have much turnover and, you know, we were near the top at the beginning, you know, at the beginning, our hitting was doing so well that, um, you know, I, $1 bids, I hate, you know, tying and losing. So I usually mm. bump that to two to four. I like it. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That's, um, thanks for reiterating that. Cause that, that, that's something that I have to believe more is just don't panic. Um, so right. I think we're so just naturally inclined and quick to uh, just mm-hmm. want to make moves, right? And just want to react so quickly um, on players that we just invested in and 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 figured out that we wanted them on our team, and they just real quick to just chew them aside. I've got well, well, the yeah, the big one, the big lesson was what Strider two years ago, right? He got kept getting jockeyed between the bullpen and starting. And he was electric, and then he would go to the bullpen. I'm like, oh well, he's not, you know, he's not usable. Let me let me release him. You know, that's that's a great idea. Then three weeks later, he's like the best pitcher in the world. You know, so that you, you learn that you learn that stuff. If they've got the skills, just be patient. You know, don't. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. Everything doesn't have to happen overnight. I, right. It's just like, I guess, just the pace of the way it goes, and you just. You'll be looking at overall standings. You're looking at your standings, and you feel like I gotta make this up right now. Like I can't wait for this guy, you know, right. or, or this guy's not the same um, 
player than I thought he was. Uh, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, like on the bench of that team, you know, I was taking – we were taking, uh, you know, Vaughn Grissom and A.J. Puck and Morrell and uh, Orlando Cabrera and Peraza and Bubba Thompson. You know, you want to you want to wait a few weeks to see if that stuff works out, you know? Yep. So yep. that's 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 where we were at. Uh, also had one injury pick, took Bello, which worked out all right. I mean, he was hurt to begin the year, and a lot of people forget that. But yeah, that's a good point. That's a, uh, definitely reminded me of that. Um, that's a good point. Sometimes you can get some good 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 value like that if you're willing to roster. I know a lot of people don't uh, will refuse to roster an injured player right off the bat, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's a nice move there. On your second main event team, finished 20th overall, uh, finished first in the league. And so that's how many main wins do you now have in your career? Uh, I think that's f uh, four, four, four or five team, maybe. Yeah, four or yeah. five. That's nice, uh, man. Yeah. Creeping up there. Creeping up there. Yeah, well, now I'm gonna actually, we're actually going to start doing more mains. So we were doing okay. one for the first 17 years or whatever. So... Um, wow well yeah i saw that that you bumped it up to two in the last two years and i was like oh it's uh yeah. going to three this year let's go Woo, baby let's go let's go i love it uh this team was definitely much more balanced through hitting and pitching to 82 percent of the hitting points 76 percent of the pitching points um problem area was saves only 19 percent points there you had 95 percentile on stolen bases on this team too man you 90 90 90 percentile on both teams for stolen bases did you did you anticipate like the stolen base market going up or did just something that you just happened to get the guy that brought you we just like Dusty Ray Ruiz <laughs> we just, that's, that's pretty much it that's it so, took him in both drafts and you didn't have to play him after and we were so far ahead that it didn't no it's impressive just looking at the rest of your percentage points in your, in the other categories and you know, he really didn't kill you um right. because that's what tends to happen I mean, you know that's what could have happened if you had Ruiz um but I mean yeah we were really really rolling out of the gate um that's pr probably the best first six I've ever drafted we went Strider, Freed, Gilbert, Rasmussen, Montgomery, Eflin and we were rolling and, and then we had Holmes and Robertson too and um and then you know freed and uh rasmussen get hurt i think within the same week and you know that that hurt and uh i think our overall chances would, would have been really really a lot better if robertson didn't get hurt so we just could never we could are not hurt but traded so we could never really replace that we tried <laughs> uh we got you know late we got i think tanner scott but you know we never could get never could get going uh and holmes just didn't have the the high number of saves yeah yeah like home Holmes, I think, was um, respectable, you know, for 20, yeah. Yeah, 22 or 24. Um, I think people kind of uh, downplay him, maybe not being the guy or maybe Boone wants to go somewhere else. But um, like even like right now, you know, where he goes in like the 110 um, in ADP, like, you know, 20 saves at that ADP is is, is fine. You know, he's just giving you what you need. Yeah. Um, but yeah, David Robinson, go figure like he he would have uh blown too many like seasons overall and you know what he just really had a bad like week yeah and he just completely lost to i was kind of surprised at that at first i i think because i thought like oh, david he should just i guess because scott and nardi and and puck were you know they're really good pitchers as well so they could have they couldn't afford to really just like wait it out with him but i thought you know he had some unlucky stuff happen too in a couple of those games i thought he was going to get thrown 
right back in there. And like right now, he's he's interesting guy. Dave Robinson, you bring him up because he's floating around like the 480p, right. and he doesn't have a home yet. But I mean, if you really look at what he did last year, and even under the hood, like he, not a guy who's old and washed up. Yeah, he's know? not terrible. He's not, you know, no, he's not terrible. He could still be useful um, right now. It all depends on where he goes. So there's, there's, there's a little bit left right in the relief market. We want to see where Hader goes. That'll, that'll answer a lot of our questions. And Hicks, man, I want to see if Hicks get the job. Yeah, Hicks. Yeah, you're right. That's the guy. It's like he could, he could be a, a, a winning pick right now, or he could just be a wasted pick if he, you know, like maybe he falls into seven eight if he's a backup, but. um, If you're taking him at 320 right now and, and he gets a closing job, then, you know, it's he's shooting right up to probably, um, I would say, into the top 180, 200 picks for sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but no, but I, I really like what you do with this team overall. I love the pitching. Strider, Freed, uh, Gilbert, Rasmussen, Jormont, Eflin. I mean, that's just, just some... Some team, man, really, st- and then Ober really late, uh, round twenty-seven. Yeah, and we picked up so, and we picked up Savali, if I remember correctly. Man, yeah, that I saw that in the Fab move. That that's super, super solid team right there. Um, what was the highest that you reached in the overall that year? Um, uh, that year, last year, uh, I think maybe ten to twelve. Okay, somewhere in there. Yeah, and then uh, was sixteenth and last day, just you know, nightmare. Not as bad as your nightmare day, but. You know, <laughs> fell to twentieth, and you don't think, oh, well, that's not a big deal. But I think it was like five grand <laughs> or four grand or something. It was like such. A, so yeah, that's a big difference, right? Yeah, for the overall. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so it seems like from week ten on, you 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 were in first place in this league. And um, what's your mentality? You know, when you're in first for like a long time, you know. <laughs> like right. versus constantly grinding, I guess, to go from third to first. Is there a different mindset? Are you, I find myself like, man, just like hoping I don't become too complacent, right? Because right. I think that can happen, you know, if you have even a, like a decent lead or I don't know. I I just feel like I'm much better playing from behind than, than playing ahead. It's something I have to work on, I think. Right. Yeah, you're not going to believe this, but I prefer to be in first. So, <laughs> yeah. No, it, it just makes everything easier, right? Because that means when you're in first, you've got a fewer things to worry about, less categories, right? Um, you've got more players contributing to. You might only have one or two leaky spots that can be replaced. And, man, fab becomes really, really easy when that's the case. Right, right? 100%. And then you can save your money and then go nuts and overspend on somebody later. Um, but, yeah, the the flow of that draft and, you know, I, I right after we drafted it, I was like, man, I, I really, really love this team. So, you know, it just worked out. That's a great feeling. I, I, yeah. I kind of like how I felt last year with, um, in that first main, the first main of Vegas. And I had the, I had the wheel pick and I was just hoping like one of Strider or Cole felt. I was standing and, behind you. And they both were there and I was like, holy shit, this is great. And I still happened to fucked up the, the whip in here and that team. Just too many starts of, um, of, of, of Brady Singer and Mikolas. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Too you many. Know, of I, you know, I singered a little bit. So. Yeah. Yeah. You singered. We all, we all singered. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um and you know i'm not too uh ashamed to say that um i'm back in at like pick 500 now i have like two shares in pick 500 it's like everybody. yeah I, I i don't know why but i can't quit the guy so probably because yeah. we we owned him during the time where he was like amazing for two months right. so right. you always have that in the back of your head right 
you have to you have to have that in the back of your head it's just like that's part of your history of playing fantasy i i remember that's why i was so i'm still so obsessed with jose leclerc like he literally won me two leagues um and i i own for that so i i roster him just for those reasons yeah so this team um on the flip side because you had such strong pitching you'd have to go up for them and fab um but you did spend up for morel at 208 and cs for Mm -hmm. 127 um and also too in general you know how do you feel when you make these big money moves i know there's a lot of you know like people who refuse to go that high and some people just love spending it up on those guys but um those were two pretty impactful bats you know um and morel just you know they just dicked around his playing time he could have been even more impactful than right. he even was despite him having a really solid per plate appearance season right yeah that was pretty frustrating so <laughs> yeah i think it i think in our uh six fab leagues i had Mor- that was the only league i didn't have morel and oh so you went out and got him well yeah what the heck might as well yep. make it 100 so 100 percent. yeah yeah went ahead and did that and in you know we were light in um i think rbis and maybe even home runs. So those two guys fit the bill would have thought for a little bit better from CES, but he, you know, he wasn't awful, but didn't leave myself or didn't leave ourselves much at the end um, for those save specs when we needed it. Right. Um, You you mentioned just like being short on something, let's say um, like, is, is it something like you're really leaning into at the, like at the end of the season or like, when do you start, really paying attention to that because i know like a lot of people are like oh, after the all-star break um the but... categories uh i mean i, I, I guess it's, i mean i'll look at the numbers obviously like a month and a half in maybe yeah. six weeks something like that yeah. start start looking at it but you already know in your gut you know if, if you play this but, game, yes 100 percent so 100 that's what i'm saying yeah. i don't even have to pull up the numbers a lot of times i'm like well this team this team's short on speed i could just you know, I just look at it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but, you know, you, you can start remedying it, remedying it um, little by little or make big splashes. Never been opposed to making big splashes, especially when, you know, when one side of your team is working so well, the pitching or the hitting, it just makes fab so much darn easier. Yeah. You know, it so really much. does. Yeah. Like, fuck drafting a balanced team. I'm just going to unbalance it so I can just yeah. focus on one thing during this season. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I just have this thought in my head too, like every time at the end of the season, you're so specialized in what you need. And if you're battling other players and in the standing, then fab becomes a little harder because they're going to see what you need too. But like earlier in the season, if you can correct it and, and at least get to the point where it's not so obvious to other teams, you know, um, it might be worth it. Yeah, but that's, that's a good, you know, like after a month, six weeks, like you, you'll just know, like you said, I'll have that gut feeling like, yeah, I don't think this right. team's going to make it in this area. And especially you know, if you want something where, you know, let's say you have five fab teams, six fab teams, you you like three hitters, right? That might be in a different order for all, for all the different teams. Right. Because uh, depending on what your needs are, you know, let's say you're, you have three, three RBI points and you have 13 run points, you know, you, you put the RBI guy at the top, you know, if you just yep. do those little things during the, during the year, um, you know, it, it can make a difference. Absolutely. Um, all right, so let's um, talk to me about the cut line. It's something that I've uh, I played once in 2020. 
Um, and I liked it. Um, and I probably should play more of it. Um, but I just, there's something about, I guess the best ball style that yeah. leaves me that like wanting more. Um, yeah. but I guess just, just, just give like a little, I guess we'll try to give a quick little outline too of the cut line. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't. You know, my first thing is I don't think you should probably play it. I think it's not for you because I don't want you because I don't want you in there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stay the uh, fuck out. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'll do my best. So so the cut line is point points based. Mm-hmm. Um, the points mirror roto scoring. Um, Forty two round drafts, best ball. A regular season ends at the All Star break. Um, two teams, two teams make the championship round, uh, places three through third through fifth, move on to the consolation round. That does not mean you're stuck there. You can move up, uh, if you do well, um, fab is the unique thing I think about the cut line. Mm -hmm. So it only has two periods. It's after week one, which is this year's April 9th. Uh, and after week nine, which this, this year is June 4th, um, playoffs are three different three week segments. The last one ends, uh, it looks like August 26th through September 15th this year. It's 20 teams playing for the big the big prizes, um, 70K for first. And then also there's a consolation final um, that pays five. I think first nice. place is like four or five grand for that. Wow. So, so and, 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 and this is like heavily tilted to um, the overalls, right? Like it's not. Yeah, you're not pay. trying to win. Yeah, it's not a league thing. Um, you get uh three three fifty three fifty. Yeah, for a league oh, seventy five dollar um, entry, right? Seventy five one seventy five. But if you buy yeah. the big cut, the, the packages, oh, you get a lot right. off. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I do eighteen of them. I cannot do one team more. I would love to, um, because that second fab period is, uh, it it runs my life for about thirty six <laughs> hours. So I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, that's yeah. like just I can't even. Well, I can because I draft draft champion team that you can't make moves. But this is, you know, like it, that cut line style of, of of having to advance your team, you know, through all those levels of cuts. And, you know, you have to make moves determining that. I mean, I'm sure you've had to make some tough decisions of, 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 of yes. players that may have been hurt or like, oh, is this guy going to come back? And maybe he comes back and you're like, shit, I shouldn't have dropped him. But at least no one else in your league can pick him up. <laughs> well, that, that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's a, um, I love the format. It's a, it's for a guy that likes to do quantity best ball. It's right, right up my alley. Um, also, somebody that's very detail oriented. It, it put It's going to put in work. So if you're going to do, Three teams, just assume, if you want to do it right, assume an hour and a half per team, hour to hour and a half over a two-couple-day period. So if you do 18 of them, you can do the math, right? That's why I'm miserable. My wife hates me and all that good stuff. Um, <laughs> but you also get to see, you know, the reward is also fa- unbelievable. You know, when that yeah. when that bell hits, you know, that's some of the most fun 15 minutes I have is going through my wins, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's um... – I'm interested to ask you a little bit more about that fab in a little bit. Um, okay. So it's it's like you said, the points points based system. Um, so if there's you know if anyone's looking to find out the the actual point systems, it's it's, it's on the best ball cut line tab. You can find out how the points work. But like Eric said, they geared it to match kind of like roto scoring. Um, yeah. So like I would say a slight discount for speed, very slight. Right. And then. Uh, and then 
Um, now they the saves used to be pretty bad, but they bumped it up two points, and now now it's it's reasonable. But but they do go go later in the drafts. Relievers do. Okay, so that because you don't have to have, you don't have a save category. So I, that, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like without saves and steals, and that's two things that we're like. You know that yeah. that make up a lot of our life. Moth, um, moth to the flame. Yeah, yeah. So that's you could just throw those out because it's a point at the point. Yeah. Um, so like when you're creating, I guess, a list of points, uh, player points. Um, like you, you do do you then use like maybe like a projection system or just like a three like a three year stat for a guy and just kind of see like where a player is point wise or you're not or like overly no well with that? it shows in the draft room right. so. Yeah, I'm pretty much, you know, I mean, Acuna, I think Judge was the ever, ever, ever player to get a thousand and Acuna did like 1,380, Jeez. like seriously, he was 400 and something points ahead of Freddie Freeman, who was second. Oh God. Like that's just insane. That is insane. That's so a, that's a, that's a mark different. I mean, yeah. So just to give you an idea how it's different from Roto. So I'm, I'm going to have my, you know, have the players I like for cut line. So for this year, Acuna is obviously one, uh, two will probably be bets because he's multi-positional. So mm-hmm. you can go, if you can shift from second to outfield, the middle, the utility and, and steals isn't a thing, right. And he's on a good team. That's where I'm going to be. I have Freddie Freeman third this year. So that's my top three right now. Nice. Um, and I'll, and I'll just have, I don't care how many times in a row that'll be my top three, you know? Right. Right. So, yeah. Um, that's a, yeah, that's, that's where it's a, at that's a because top three. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, I think I'm just, which one am I in now? I'm in my, I think I'm in my fourth, third or uh, I'm in my third. So I'm in my third cut line now, just doing the slow ones. Uh, then I'll crank those up later in the year too. Do, do they have fast ones or only slow drafts? Fast ones. Most of mine are going to be fast. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, once like when February hits, people start getting the bug for those and they really start going off. They really late in the year, they go off every night, I believe. Wow. Really? So they're just firing off one, one every yeah. night at that point. Hmm. Yeah. So I like to do, so that's why I do like one at a time slow. Cause you know, I could do all 18 and in three weeks, you know, and be fine with it. But you, you want to have you want to draft during early season and late season to have all of the good things and bad things from both, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there, there is no points for walks, right? Um, Correct. That's, okay. Okay. So I you just, get so if you go one for four, you'd be even, right? Because you're getting the four points, um, and minus one for every at bat, right? Yeah, minus yeah. one for every at bat. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's where you're at. So a walk is just giving you an opportunity for a run. So I guess that's hence like um hence like them making it more like roto because you throw walks in there and it completely yeah changes the landscape. Like you're probably gonna see Juan Soto go a lot of high a lot higher, right, than than eight, I guess, um, that he's at now, if I'm looking at the right ADP. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think like you know, when you're I hear like the CBS podcast, you know, they'll talk about points based leagues. That ain't that isn't this. You know, this is a different, this is our unique, unique scoring system. I think that KJ Duke and somebody else came up with to mirror the Roto. Yeah. So all, it's not perfect. All, it's impossible to get perfect, but it's pretty darn close. All points-based leagues are different. Yeah. Like every single website, right, is different. Mm-hmm. And most home leagues are probably going to choose like a universal setting or be different somewhere. That's why, like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, 
I have a little bit of an issue with with that when they just like phrase it like that because I think I think you're just making people more confused without designating which actual league it is. Like if it's right. ESPN, well, I think I think that they're probably just talking about. C, I'm assuming CBS. CBS because that's yeah. Not that yeah. I've ever done that, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think that was the, like the second league I ever played in in my in like um, after starting my home keeper league that's been around since you know 2000. It was. Um, my friends uh, started a points league, and I did that for I think one or two seasons, like early on in the two thousands, and I liked it, but I just it was just different for me. So yeah, um, and I don't mind well, the point system. I do I do a bunch of best balls, but uh, yeah. That, well, I I went up to uh, Ambrosius the year they made the best balls, and I'm like, you son of a bitch, man! You just bring me back in. Like they keep adding these contests. I'm like, man, that's perfect. You mean I have to do nothing? yeah just draft oh man i know that's what like made the gladiator so attractive right it's just yeah just like let it rip and then just let it go and just you know yeah exactly yeah that's that's absolutely right yeah Um, it was fun i was in the mix last year for the best ball um i number one went nuts but i ended up getting second and uh that was a fun last week you know you know you got a bunch of bunch of dudes you're rooting for on a best ball team it's kind of cool so second overall in the regular best ball format that yeah, you know, my cut line. right, yeah. Um, and that has um, no fab for anyone listening that's not familiar in the cut line, like Eric mentioned has two, but you have three teams in the top thirteen in here in the cut line. Um, yeah. did, the, did did you have like a same guys on those teams, or was it kind of just mostly different setup? Yeah, it was guys? it was a mix. It was um, a mix of guys. I, what ends up happening is usually is after the second fab my most owned players are the guys i got most on the second fab so oh, like yeah, i went yeah, from yeah, yeah. i went from zero to like 14 matt mcclain's <laughs> gotcha you yeah. know what i mean yep 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 so no oh, that's it, interesting how that can happen that's a good point yeah it, that's usually how it happens so i mean and i might be like 45 to 50 percent on a guy after the drafts maybe 55 percent at the most and then all of a sudden a guy might become 80 percent after the Fab. That's so interesting. Did you um? Did you do any team stacking? Hundred percent. I've already yeah. done. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I've already That's... done the Freeman Acuna. Uh, I was one one pick away from Freeman Acuna Riley. Oh that God! Was, I mean, not Acuna. Sorry, Freeman Albies Riley. I was going to say, man, I mean, you must have been must have got lucky in that draft. But no, 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 no. Acuna goes one. Um, you know, every time. So as well, he should. So that's a, so so um, is it is it just like a bunch? There's there's like a specific team that you're looking to do it with. Like obviously you're not going to target. Yeah, it's like, not a huge it's not a huge thing that I do. It's just when if it's a fifty fifty for me, and it I'm going to go itself, with the guy. Right? Yeah, that pairs with somebody else. Right. That's cool. Uh, I like that. And it's usually um, going to be just what Braves, Dodgers, Phillies, maybe a Cubs just because I love the Cubs. But you yeah. know I've got my you know the Horner Swanson combos. You know stuff like that. Corner Swanson, Patrick Wisdom, no, no. <laughs> Morel, going to drive line, dude. Uh, yeah, maybe Morel, but uh, <laughs> yeah. What do you? What's your um? What's your expectation? Do you believe what Chris Council said? Like he has to be in the lineup. Are you taking well, that? I sure like, hope so. That gives my well, I, me too. Like I sure hope he's like, my fa- he's like my favorite Cub. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, I I love his energy and his like his 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 excite like he's he's so into it and like obviously people remember him ripping off the shirt and and you know 
after the homers, but you could just see how he plays. He's just pretty yeah. electric, you know. I I love seeing that on the field. I hope I hope we see more of him. Well, when do you see a guy that you're like, why in the heck do they send him to the minors? And then he's the best player in the minors by a ton for the first three weeks of the season. I mean, he was, you know, he went nuts. So you combine his minor league numbers with his majors numbers. I mean, it's a monster year. You know, and it's fu- it's funny because like thinking about that, right? You 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 guys had a little bit of a uh, a little bit of the slide at the end of the season that caused you to miss yep. the playoff. But what if he was there from the beginning, and you and you grabbed a few more wins then, right? Right. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Pretty man. frustrating. That so is, yeah, I mean, we dra- we drafted him on all- and kept him on our bench, and we didn't give up. We we held him. I mean, it's hard when he's hitting a home run every day in the minors. It's kind of hard to release you him. Just on so, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, so we yeah. had him on five or six and then and added him in that sixth one, the only one he was available in. So one thing that, you know, I remember when best ball leagues first started for football, um, you know, the thing was like, you know, the attraction was like, because Deshaun Jackson was always hit or miss, right, in fantasy. Mm-hmm. And that was like the big thing. I remember that that drew me in because people like, you know, you could just draft Deshaun Jackson and it doesn't matter. You can have him. You don't have to start or sit him because you'll just get his points on his good week. So do you kind of um, not, you know, do you target those kind of players or like more willing to draft those players, right? Who have that profile? Yeah. So we've kind of gone, we've kind of discussed that a little bit with pitchers, right? Right. So if they're streaky, so it used to be Sandy Alcantara forever. So he was just my cut line target because he would give up nine earned runs twice in, in twice during the year at some point. Right. And then, but the other starts, he might be amazing. So, yeah, you know, those guys don't, those guys don't really bug me. Uh, you know, then like the Schwerbers and back in the day, the Joey Gallows and take them, you know, D- don't be worried about it. If they have a negative 11 week, who cares? Yeah. You know, you're you're yeah. going to have, you should have other, if you're doing your job, you should have other guys to cover that, that week. hundred percent. Right. So, but you know, all of a sudden you get a six, seven home run week and, you know, things change. Do you have, do you like, are there, are there ways, quote unquote, that, that people construct their roster? Like, do you, are there like players who are, are different than others and like maybe going against the grain, like drafting? I think, well, pitchers go a little later, tend to go a little later, right? In, in, That's correct. In, yeah. So pitchers go a little later. Relief pitchers go quite a bit later. Um, is there anyone and, that goes like against the grain and, and they try to, like come up with something different, or I guess, to combat that. Yeah, so that's what I do. So I, so I mean, last year I would have I might I might have had a half my teams with one closer or two. Okay. And then I had like three teams with six because the room just didn't draft them. Interesting. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, do I want starting? Do I want my RP thirteen or starting pitcher sixty two? You know what I mean? It's like yeah. When you look at yeah. the points, like well, the relief pitcher based on where he's going, he outscored, he's going to outscore him by 175 and it's more consistent. Well, I'll just take that. So, you know, I might go, I might go less overall pitchers if I have a lot of closers, but my, my mindset going into the draft is I do not don't care about the number of closers starters. I just want to get most points. And obviously I can hold less pitchers if I have more closers, if that makes sense. Yeah. I've got more breathing room on the ninth guy. Right. So instead of, if you have all starters, you might have, the ninth guy for that week might get you four points, six points, zero points. Whereas if you have six closures, the odds of you not having at least 10 points on your ninth player is pretty low. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm sure too, you get those, 
those those three save weeks from a guy, right? That that can really. Well, it's huge. Yeah, yeah saves are yeah. eight points now. So all of a sudden, you get three clean innings with three saves. You're at like thirty five points. When did they did they bump that up recently? The I think after year one they did. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's good that they're willing to like you know. Yeah, they were just completely that. afterthoughts, but that two yeah. points makes a big difference. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, so what's the, what's your pitcher split, I guess, or what do you see normally happen, um, for like, uh, you know, positional or batter? Yeah, so I'm at 16 is usually my target. Okay. So if I end up having more relief pitchers, that might be 15. If okay. I end up having a, just a draft where I couldn't really get multi-positional guys, that might cut you down, you know, to where you can only hold 15, but that's my target is 16. Okay. Um, usually want to have one or two, if not three multi-positional guys in there to make that work. And it's, sorry, how many players overall? Is this 42. 42. Okay. Okay. Um, and then for, for the positionals, is it kind of like the DCs where you, like you have like a, a set four. amount of guys for each? Four. Yep. Yeah. Four, yeah. 10 outfielders. So okay. that's my base. Four four catchers, four at each position, ten outfielders, sixteen pitchers. Okay. So so the offense the same. You just go in less less pitchers, really, with yeah. that. Okay, cool. Um all right, so let's talk about this fab, man. You get two shots at fab. Uh you know, the first one is after the first week of the season, right? Or or after yep. the second week. Um first week. So how do you divide like or think about you know how much to save i guess for like that second one or or are you just obviously if you have to address needs you're going to address needs early but are you more like because that's for me that's like huge i remember just thinking like well there was just so many what ifs in my head and i think that's where the time goes into yeah thinking it's about all, like, it's all needs based yeah so yeah so I, the teams that i draft early in the year right i'm usually going to spend more that first week because yep. you've got four months of stuff happening, right? You might have to have three dead spots you're replacing. Um, also, the drafts that are earlier in the year, you might have a guy that didn't even get drafted, right? So, you know, I think last year, Ellie De La Cruz, right? Didn't even get drafted in some cut lines early on. And then by the end, you know, he's moved up. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff where all of a sudden there's a guy that's 99, 8% owned and it's a need for your team. Well, I'll, I might spend six, 700 on him. You know, if I think it's, if I think it's worth it, um, if it's a perfect fit. um, But usually that's only the early teams, you know, the ones that I draft like two days before the season, I might, you know, have zero, zero moves. Um, Or what I do a lot of times is take spec relievers that might be closing. So let's say I'm drafting next month and, you know, let's say the Padres situation, right? So let's say you take two of the Padres guys with the last two picks. Well, I get to correct it after week one. So who cares? Right, right, right. So don't get worried about, hey, I have to have this roster perfect because it's not like it's after the first month. It's it's after the first week of games. Yeah, that's so, so true. Yeah, you can take that, that opportunity. If there's the position battles, um, do that. I mean, you might take the two guys that are that are battling with the last two picks, get it corrected, and get a new guy at the, you know, after the first week. Yeah, kind of where you can definitely more lean into that skills over roles mantra, right? You yep. could you could just go for that guy you think is better. And then if it happens to be, um, there's a lot of things that go into that, man. See, like yep. I know that I that 
I mean, you know, when I first played it, I had no idea about like NFBC world, like, and how deep I am into it now. I just literally just played it to try all the different formats. And right. I know I would like so enjoy it more now because of all the stuff that we're talking about now. It's got my mind like racing yeah. through like all the possible um, situations that you might have yeah. to um, come up with. I mean, I would think too, with like injured players, it's got to be so tough. Like if it's someone that you're really into and you take kind of like, man, is he going to be back for that uh, at a specific time? And you have to, for like both periods, for both yeah. like both fabs, right? I mean, are you pretty cutthroat though if the guy's like? Uh, pretty cutthroat on the first one for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's usually team dependent on the second one. So I had like a hand, you know, Max Freed. I had a bunch of him last year. He's the guy that comes to mind. Yep. And I think I kept him on two or three. And those were the teams that I knew pretty much were going to finish first or second. Okay. You know, so I knew my team was loaded. Um, the, you know, I look at what I look at the amount of points I'm getting for my ninth guy every week. And I'm like, man, it's, you know, it's double digit every week. So, and I haven't had him. So why don't I hold him? And then boom, all of a sudden, you know, you're in the cut line playoffs. Let's say he's only 20 uh, 37% owned or something. During the during the playoff, that can be huge. So there's a little bit of poker. There's a little bit of poker that goes into it. Um, Yeah. But if your team, so top five move on, right? So you can't be in the bottom five. If your team's in fifth and you're up forty points on sixth, and you've got Freed in your roster, there's absolutely no chance I'm holding him, right? Yeah. So those are the kind of things, and that's what takes time, right? So you have to kind of do a deep dot or a quick deep dive into into each team. Yep. I like that though. I like that whole like I think Freed like a that's a really good example. And I like how you kind of mix that with, um, you know, like looking at your team and seeing what you really have, what the replacement value on your team, like what, yep. what are you getting from that guy? Like you said, and um, that's a good, that's a good strategy. How, how, do you look for that second period? Are you playing the schedule game at all? Is that something that's like um, helpful? Not, not really. I actually yeah. I already glanced at it for this year. It's just, yeah, there's a great, you know, Colorado's at home and Cincinnati's at home for a week. But then the next week they're off, you know, they're, they're on the road. It's not like any, like there was one year where Colorado had like two and a half weeks of the of the championship game at home. And that was a game changer. But I looked at like the, a few this week. Uh, and actually after you asked me the, <laughs> the question, on the album, <laughs> and I was like, and, and you know, like, so the Cubs end up at Colorado the final weekend of the cut line finals. Okay. So that'll be fun because I know I'm going to have a lot of Cubs. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, Hell yeah. I was glad to see that. Um, but now I, I wouldn't overthink it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it sounds like it could be some fool's uh, gold trying to capture yeah. like that so much. Um, I know a lot of, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of people talk about it on Twitter and I'm like, I don't know if that's really something that you can really lean into too much. Um, right. But uh, that's really cool, man. Is there anything else you want to give the listeners um, about the cut line format? Because you don't really hear too much uh, stuff about it. And I don't really, you know, know that many people that are really good and who want to talk about it. So, um, yeah, well, yeah, I think we covered everything. Yeah, uh, a pretty good overview of it. So, yeah, it's it's fun. But the, the thing that's really great is, you know, so I'm really want one in the final 20, right? And I got three in last year, and that was so exciting. And it was just Hell a bunch yeah. of jobs. So finished ninth, eleventh, and thirteenth. So that was pretty, pretty frustrating. But um, you know, been there before. Hopefully, going to do it again. I love it, man. That's some really strong finishes, bro. That's uh, 
really solid. Again, you know, anytime you can see your name up in the leaderboard um, once, it, it, it's cool. But three times, and and uh, I, I think I had that one point with the Gladiator at like three in the top fifteen. I was like so excited. It only ended yeah, up being cool. one, but still, I was like, oh my god, like this is awesome. I would love to just do that happen one year. It's like just land three in the top five or something like that. Yeah. But, and the, and the cool thing about it is, it's almost never the team you think it's going to be. So like the team that wins the regular <laughs> season, you know, I think my team that finished the highest was like a wild card. It was in the wild card and then it moved up to the the main. And oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't even the team I thought it was gonna, you know. So that can happen too, which is kind of cool. You got two guys on a I think um so was it last year or two years ago? It was Bichette. Bichette went nuts during the championship. Uh yeah. Goldschmidt was that one year. Remember Charlie Blackman put up like a 137 once, like three years ago. Um, you know, so it's kind of cool that you kind of see and you kind of remember these guys that just have just unreal weeks. Yeah. That that's uh oh man. I see they get my juices flowing out. I signed up for a cut line. Yeah, I'm just, not gonna just do, do just do a three pack of them, see how you like it. You know, if you if you can manage the fab. Nice thing about the fab, it's on Tuesday. Oh, and that's, another thing, that's huge. That's another huge. thing to mention is the stats for Monday and Tuesday night's game count. Really? Yeah. So I might have a, so, I, and that's a lot of work too. So I might have, wow. So I might have a list. Let's say there's 16 pitchers available in each list. Right. And or 16 pitchers that I have in ranked. And then all of a sudden my fifth guy throws a seven. This happened last year, throws a shutout on Tuesday, like, an, you know, or he has a shutout going at the deadline. I move him from like sixth to second, but only in the leagues where I'm tight on making the playoffs. Right. So, you know, you have to do those little micro micro wow. moves. Yeah. So like a team that I know is already in first and I love my pitching, I might not move him past the other guy, but because of this start, if I know I'm getting like 27 points to start out my week when I'm in a tight race and there's only a couple of weeks left to the all-star break, I'm gonna do it. Hmm. Man, that's a lot. That's 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 um that's a lot of uh that's a lot of layers there. You know, now imagine doing that 18 times. No. <laughs> sick. Sick. Sick, man. But I'm sure you're locked in and it's just like uh you, you gotta eat though. Just make sure you're eating that 36 that, that uh, yeah. 38 what? hour spin. Yeah, crack a bit. drink at 10 p.m. That's for sure. There you go. There you go. All right, so we're going to fire up some quick ADP battle right now. We'll keep it strictly to um, draft champions. So, okay. Um, so the first one I got for you is for third base, um, going pretty next to each other, Nolan Arenado, and, and the last 11 drafts in draft champions, 105, Josh Young, 109. Got one youngster on the way up, maybe one veteran possibly on the way down. Um, are you thinking of any possible, like, uh, you know, paying paying for an Arenado season that you know can give you some good value down there. Or are you going with the youngster? Uh, I had John last year and loved him. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm probably leaning Arenado now, um, just for just for the just for safety. I know Young has a lot of uh, strikeout issues. Um, you know, Arenado might he have you know might he be on the st- heavy decline? Yeah, but he's also an athlete and could possibly bounce back on what we think is going to be a little better Cardinal lineup, right? Yeah. Um, so I'd probably lean Arenado um, in draft champions. Yeah, I think it's like, man, every time 
it's it's interesting spot when he comes up in in drafts um and you know i'm always like oh well you know the skills could be declining and he's getting older and there's definitely some things that are going like the wrong way and he's definitely reaching more than ever and i'm not, not that it matters when he still hits the ball he's still making great contact like zone contact and contact already still solid doesn't strike out a lot um you know and he'll still do like that 26 90 like he did last year 26 and 90 in a 266 mm-hmm. average that's not terrible so he's but he kind of went into like a little bit more power i guess to now just being almost like Alex Bregman, but he doesn't bat like second like Bregman to get those right. runs. So, but yeah, I think um, I haven't been, I haven't, I haven't picked him yet. But he's definitely tempting at that at the price point. And you know, I know too that he had a a back injury that he said that kind of, you know, even had him DH in a couple games like later in the season where before he shut it down where it's kind of like oh man what's what's yeah. going on and on and on. So he could definitely pick that right back up. Um, yeah, don't hate either guy. I mean, I also, I'll definitely have some Jung too. I, yeah, I think, it wouldn't surprise him, but if he went what two sixty five, two seventy with thirty bombs. Yeah, I know a lot of people. I've uh, like pegged him as being like that Austin Riley pick, being able to take that Austin Riley step in that second season. Yeah, um, yeah, still young. He's gonna hit behind a whole bunch of, you know, like really solid guys, and you know, yeah. like last year too. He just he was coming off his own injury big shoulder injury and um you know put together i think a really solid like almost pretty quiet ish like rookie season because there were so many other rookies that you know did these extraordinary things but hits the ball super hard and i think that any any advancement in the in the k rate and the swing and strike rate is just going to put him at that spot where he could definitely output him out i'd probably you know um i'd probably Ah oh, man, I like safety, but I think for some reason I, I'll probably lean lean young here because I just feel like I'd rather root for like a younger kid to just blossom, you know? Yeah, and, um, that's usually why. So that's why I usually am in March. So yeah, you know, I'll get Arnado early and then <laughs> and then March, Yeah, how old's this kid? Twenty six. I'm in. Yep, yep. Because I could see too, like Arenado not being here either at ADP, like um, in March. He 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 could be a guy that just you're just always going to have somebody in the NFC yeah. that want that want Arenado safety for sure. Yep, yep. Uh, he could just show up healthy and just like looking awesome in spring training, right back up to the seventies. You know. Um, yeah. All right, first base. Two guys that are kind of um, close. Uh, they were close last year too, and, and stats wise. Uh, but one guy coming off. Um, MVP and Paul Goldschmidt having a little bit of a down season, I'm going to say, but pick 81 right now in the last 11 drafts. Christian Walker, pick 90, um, added some stolen base to his repertoire last season. Um, who do you got right here? Another tough one, man. You're, right? You, you weren't messing around with these. <laughs> um, I, I probably have both, man, but I yeah. finally lean Goldschmidt. Yep. But um, I, I'm fine with either of them, have taken both of them. Yeah, I, I mean, these are kind of guys too. Like, um, you just put them right next to each other, and it's just a lot of similar stats, a lot of similar metrics, and like, yeah. All right, and know. and Walker's not young, you know. Well, he's, that's the yeah. You just nailed it because in my head, a lot of people will say, well, you know, Goldschmidt's getting up there, but like, Christian Walker's on thirty-two as well. It's not like he's a spring, yeah, exactly. spring chicken, you know. Yeah, um, in our in my mind, Christian Walker's like twenty-nine, but he's not. 
Right, right. Yeah, no, you're right. And um, I think that's probably what sticks him more is this guy who's like on his way up, like trending up. He could, he could easily have had uh, his career season, you know, last season. Um, mm-hmm. And Goldschmidt, you know, I see him in a couple of times. I've scooped him up in drafts. He's, he's, he's gone like, a, you know, 95. I think I got him one time in the hundreds. And I was just like, man, I, I, I can't, I can't let this. The, uh, the thing about that too, is you remember, I don't know what year it was, but you know, he had fallen out of favor and, and, you know, it was kind of like, oh crap, he's still Paul Goldschmidt. Yep. <laughs> and he, it's like, maybe, maybe I should have not, maybe shouldn't have passed on him, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I would lean Goldschmidt, but I like them both have taken both. Yep. I, I, I would agree. I, I kind of lean on the, on Goldie, um, thirty steals in the last three years combined, and you know, he still he still got that game of his. And uh, not to say that you know I don't know what Christian Walker does in the offseason. I'm sure he he works hard, but like Goldsmith is already a guy that like you know back at drive line, trying to figure out like even why he slipped a little bit. You know, um, mm-hmm. the you know like the OPS dropped a, a big amount, like 170 points, still 810, which is really solid but you know he's 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 gonna be he's he's working out trying to figure out how he uh and honestly like a lot of his a lot of his stuff like he his home run barrel rate was only 48 percent like and that was dropped from 71 percent the other year so that's just like a lot of stuff there where he still hits the ball hard he still hits the ball far and it's just maybe he didn't pull it or he just didn't you know he was at the wrong stadium where it just didn't fly out at that point so i think those home runs can you know kind of creep back up to into yeah. the 30s um young starting pitchers here um bobby miller yuri perez to definitely different you know environments per se and um yuri perez is going right now 60, six, no, 72 in the last 11 drafts. Bobby Miller, 73. So right next to each other, there's actually um, a whole group of pitchers in that range that just go one after another. Everyone goes a different way with it. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's your thoughts here with Miller and Yuri Perez? Uh, first time I'm actually going to give you an answer. Bryce Miller is my answer. <laughs> Bobby Miller. Bo- Bobby, Bobby, yeah, Bobby yeah, Miller. Yeah, okay, okay. I was like, man, you fooled me again. Well, I, I saw B. Miller, and I'm, I'm having flashbacks of my main event collapse last year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Bobby Miller, um, you know, team context, more more belief in the health, um, yep. pretty much uh, absolutely filthy. I know Yuri Perez is too, but um, I, would take, I would take Miller 100 times out of 100, I think. Yeah. I I think so too, and that's not a knock against um, Perez's skill set. It's just uh, to me, he 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 averaged four point eight um, innings pitch per game start. You know, so he's yep. already having a problem being efficient getting through innings. Um, his batter's face per innings pitch too is in the red, like over league average. So obviously those things can get better, um, but. I just feel like the team context, like you mentioned, definitely leaned it to to Miller. And um, I just think right now he's just going to have a better shot of, you know, kind of rolling through innings. Um, he averaged 5.7 innings per game start. I think uh, I think he's going to be a heavy March riser. I 100% agree with that. Yes, he will. He's going to be uh, – I could definitely see him pushing into – you know, right around where Gilbert and Framber are, you know, Max Fried, maybe even further, you know? Yep. Um, it all, I mean, if he comes out, you know, 
in spring and looks amazing and healthy and all those things. He's some people are not going to want to pass on him. Yep. 100%. All right. Last one I got um, Cole Reagan's last year's, uh, you know, midseason darling who I'm actually shocked is not going higher considering how like recency biased we are. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's so many guys. If you look at the top of the list, you're like, Oh, could they end the season strong? And, and Reagan's like had us like floored. Yeah, uh, with his skills going 109, and you got the old man Dylan Cease going at 112. So, who you got here? Uh, I'm gonna go Reagan's. I'm probably not gonna have a whole lot of both. I'm definitely gonna get a touch of Reagan's because I don't want to be the want to be the guy that doesn't have him mm-hmm. on, on, at, in, in something. Um, never been a Cease person, you know, the the ball, um, the ball rate, the location plus, all that stuff. I realize he's got a high upside, but. Uh, when talking about DCs and live events, I'll take uh, I'll take the gamble with Reagan's and hope he can put it together for at least a half a season. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, you know, it's like I have uh, again. I contextualize like Cease, kind of like how I did with Giolito. I mentioned like just his like volume of work in the right. last three years is very impressive. He takes the ball, he throws, he gets two hundred Ks every year, and that's nothing to like you know laugh at. Um, but I was really impressed with Reagan's and like his um, 12 games started that he didn't, he averaged six innings per game start. He averaged 98 pitches per game start. So like he wasn't, it's just a guy coming off of like, you know, double Tommy John that didn't have really any restrictions. He didn't have any game start that he was under 80 pitches. So like he, they let him go, you know? And I yeah. think that's what um, initially with Reagan's, I was like having a problem projecting how many innings you know, that he can actually pitch. But if you just looked at the usage last year, they, they really didn't seem too concerned with it, <laughs> you know? Right. So, um, you know, like he pitched uh, 100 and, uh, no, about um, was it 120 innings last year. Like they haven't yeah. projected him to go for 170 steamer. I think, you know, at first I was like, no way. But then actually I was digging into the data. I'm like, oh, you know, actually he he, he seemed he seemed fine. He seemed able to handle it. Um, yeah, he's going to be interesting. He's going to be a definitely an interesting one in March. Um, you're going to have people that are completely off him. You're going to have people that want him in every draft. He's going to be he's going to be an intriguing, intriguing guy. I'm so shocked, though, that he's not going higher, though. It just he probably like, will. If he comes right? out looking yeah. like he did at the end of the last year, it, he'll probably start rising. I mean, if he was on the. Braves, Dodgers, Phillies, Cubs, you know, he'd he'd probably be a lot higher. All it takes too is like like Eno Sarah to come out with his top fifty pitching list and like Reagan's is seventeenth. Right. Yeah, that's all it takes too is once once the guys start putting out those those ranks and everyone's like, Oh my god, and it just flies up the list. The, just the bias confirmation. Yeah, yeah, the bias. The old bias confirmation. Good stuff, man. Eric, I appreciate you taking the time out to talk with me, bro. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm always grateful for that because I know everyone's busy and has good lives. And um, so taking the time out and um, really, really great discussion. I think people are going to learn a lot about the cut line format and maybe you'll be, you know, amped up to try it out, um, which you yeah. should. Um, but uh, anything you want to say before we head out here? No, man, I really appreciate you having me on and talking baseball and, you know, we're yeah. both passionate about it. And, uh, you know, I, I love that you've taken this platform and really gone, you know, we had that big discussion at the bar in Vegas and, you know, I'm glad that you really went after it. And, uh, I, 
you know, I think that your stuff is really a must have for, for fantasy folks. So I appreciate the work you do every day. And sometimes I can't even get to all of it. So, I mean, that means you're doing a, <laughs> you're working pretty, you're working pretty darn hard. So uh, I appreciate, I appreciate that, what man. you do. And uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I guess I'll see you in uh, New Jersey for the MTM, right? Yes. Yes. I'll be there. And I'll be there. We're doing, uh, I'm sharing that team with Dom. So that should be fun. But no, I appreciate that, man. Um, and I remember that chat. I a hundred percent did. Um, Again, like I was saying, you know, you meet you meet everyone in Vegas and as you get confirmation on like, oh yeah, this guy's a good guy, or you get confirmation like this guy is a bag of shit. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you gave me great advice. We had some good chats. I appreciate that. And I always I always keep that in the back of my mind. And um I appreciate your friendship and uh your your fantasy skills and uh I can't wait to get up and uh and do it again, man. 100%. Yeah, awesome. Well, I appreciate the time and uh I'll I'll see you soon, man. Cool. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of Pull Hitter Podcast. Don't be a bag of shit. Peace.